guys and welcome to the very first episode of season two of the jude show a place where deep conversations happen to ignite changes i'm your host jude and since today is a great jump start for our podcast i decided to start it with something just as big and rich it has come to my attention that most of you chose the who am i dilemma category that i put up on our instagram account and i couldn't help but feel the relief that hey i wasn't the only one questioning it Since it's still an ongoing adventure on my part, let me tell you what I have learned so far. We are born in the hands of strangers we call family. What makes them family, other than the blood connection between them, is the companionship and the familiarity that you got used to with them. The way I understand when my mother is not in a good mood the second I enter the room, or know that my father only drinks his tea with breakfast, not before, nor after. These are the things money can't buy. Similarly, you grow to know the stranger that is you when you pay close attention to who you are and not to what people know you as. Understanding yourself is a huge task because it is the foundation of how you carry yourself around. In my process of understanding myself, I had to agree that in fact I didn't know myself properly. The first step to solving a problem is recognizing and admitting that there is one. To understand yourself also means knowing the language that you speak. And I don't mean that literally, I mean it figuratively, as in knowing how to communicate your thoughts and needs to the outside world. Because this is still a problem I haven't solved yet. To translate the way we feel on the inside into words is something that needs practice. And from my experience, it's very hard to do. I have had hundreds of arguments with my family because I couldn't spell out words that can't be pronounced, but it's art that I'm working hard to master. I think the why we need to understand ourselves is self-explanatory, isn't it? How do you expect to live with a stranger till the end of your time without getting to know them? And as we mentioned before, that stranger is you. A thing to keep in mind is that we can never 100% reach a point where we know ourselves like the back of our hand because things constantly change around us. And as long as the earth keeps spinning, we always have something new to keep us on our toes. I once read somewhere that people are simply a collage of other people's words, actions, their own memories and thoughts that are based on experiences that shape them. I think at some point, these things that shaped us accumulated over time, and now it's up to us to go through our habits, the small things that makes you yourself, and ask why. Usually, when we want to understand something, we are never satisfied with one answer. It's in our nature to question and dig deeper. Here, the deeper you dig to know the reasons on why you became, for example, defensive when someone comments on your opinion, is a gain for you, so you can resolve this issue and live as a better person. You are not here to make others understand you. You are here to understand yourself, said author Kristen Butler. Before I get down to business with hows and whats, I want you to know that it's a process. After listening to this episode, the ball is in your court to work on yourself and do as I advised you to do. You can't binge study yourself like you're supposed to be doing right now for tomorrow's exam. Although a lesson that life kept on throwing my way for me to finally learn is even though we put goals to work towards, what's important in the end is not the destination as much as it is the journey that you took to reach there. We live to work towards something, and once we reach it, we look for something else to work towards. 
Anyways, enough Shakespeare talking and more amazing advice dropping. I always love to summarize things in steps for an easy, simple, kind of a do-it-yourself manual. So here are five steps that I discovered along the way. Step uno, observing. I would call this phase the stalking yourself phase because that's what it felt like to me and still does, but not in a creepy way. Here, let me tell you how since you're wondering. When observing yourself, you would expect it to enter through a door. At the frame of that door, you are expected to leave any kind of expectations. You are here to observe and weigh the damages and the good things in you. You can't discourage yourself by getting disappointed because you need to know why you're doing this certain action. You should be sure of one thing though, your nature. It's the thing that determines your intentions. So you would know, for example, that you are a kind-hearted person by nature, so you would never hurt anyone intentionally. Observing doesn't happen while life is happening, at least in the beginning. Yes, our brains are multifunctional, but not multidimensional. I find myself aware sometimes of the word that I am saying live on the spot, but that doesn't happen for long. The solution to this case is giving yourself unfilled space or silence with no distractions. My mother used to tell me that before she slept, she would try to remember the events of the day and see how she reacted. She then would try to apologize to anyone she hurt the next day if she hadn't done it in the same day. It felt like a chore to me, like I have to put a reminder to remember to do it before I fell asleep. But the way I went around it is by writing. If anything prominent or important happened that day, I would write down what happened, how I felt, and reacted. You start with what suits you. Not all people are huge fans of writing, although I do advise you to give it a shot because I wasn't a fan either until my mom gave me a notebook and told me to make it a dump diary. Not like these ones they sell, it's an emotional dump notebook. I started in 2016 and now I have approximately 5-6 to six notebooks with a similar purpose. When I read through the old ones, I can weirdly almost touch my character development. I swear I'm not even joking about how tangible the difference is. Step dos. Recognizing the patterns. After you observed yourself, at some point, repetitive scenarios will play because we experience certain emotions more than others depending on our surroundings and environment. If you write, you remember that this thing happened before and you'll read how you reacted. If you're an artist, excuse my lack of art knowledge here, um, you may have used similar colors that are linked or connected to a certain emotion. Maybe if you draw, you have a way to pick a pattern out of your own lines. But by the end of the day, knowing your own cause and effect will lead you to know your triggers. Triggers are now the beginning of the long red thread that will lead you to the solutions. It's knowing your problems that will guide you to find your answers. Something my sister said is asking the right questions will lead you to the right answers. I know she's not the Shakespeare of her time. I was shocked when I heard her say it the first time, but then realized that she read it somewhere on the internet. But it was a nice moment listening to my sister dropping wisdoms. Something to consider throughout both steps is judgment. I did say we have to drop expectations, but judgment is different. The no judgment policy is something that we can never be fully objective with ourselves. It's you who you're talking about at the end of the day, but we have to minimize the judgment on our actions. Judging yourself won't solve anything. I called myself petty a thousand times, if not more, in my life because I reacted to certain triggers in a poor way. The only thing I got out of this is more self-loathing and hated myself even more. The key to understand yourself is to sympathize with it. 
Maybe that's not the case to understand everyone around you. You can understand people's actions without necessarily sympathizing with them. But it's you who we're talking about. If you're not going to be kind to yourself, then who will? Step 3. Analyzing. This part is really raw and genuine. It's where most of your aha moments would come to you. Like solving a puzzle, you try to understand hows and whys of no one other than yourself. It will sometimes feel painful, as if you're dissecting who you are and doubting concrete facts that you believed your whole life, just to find reasons. Sometimes they're going to be world twisters, where you have to rethink your whole life and it would be like someone cleaned your foggy glasses so you can see more clearly. Other times it might be a simple addition to your collection of, that's why I did this. A step closer to be more intimate with your soul, but nothing life-altering or world-shattering by any means. But the most important step in analyzing is to take responsibility of your actions. Ultimately, the point we're trying to reach is growth and understanding. If you grew to understand who you are without taking action, then what's the use? Let's take a problem of mine as an example. Whenever I'm accused of something I did wrong, my first instinct is to raise my voice as defense and try to excuse what I did with whatever I could find. I would be lying to tell you that I reached to the root reason to the problem, but that doesn't mean that it didn't catch my eye and that I haven't noticed a pattern. My analysis is connecting the two dots with each other, understanding that this didn't happen once or twice, that it's not related to a specific person, place, or time. It's situational. Since I didn't find my core reason to further understand my reaction, that doesn't mean I'm going to procrastinate the solution. First, I'm going to take responsibility of my action if my action is actually wrong. I have to believe that the person in front of me isn't coming for my neck and is not plotting for my ultimate fall. It's simply confronting me about something I'm doing wrong. In most of these cases, it's either my mother or sister, so I trust that neither of them have ulterior motives to this confrontation other than trying to help me be a better person. It's hard. Because it became a second habit for my inner anger to ignite whenever it senses that I'm attacked. I might even say that my inner child is coming to the rescue. Second, I would try to lower my voice and talk in a much calmer manner. Because I'm sure if I responded calmly, just how they approached me, then the argument won't turn into another 10-day lasting family feud. I'm not a saint. Even after my analysis and plan of action, I still jump back to my old habit. But I have to remind myself, time and time again, that this is a problem I am willing to invest my time and energy in until I unlearn my old habit and replace it with a better reaction. But not every analysis should end with a plan. Some of them leads to acceptance. Step 4. Acceptance. It's hard. Looking at an ugly painting on your wall and having to accept it as part of your beautiful home. But that's how it is. Not every part of you is flowers and glitters and aesthetics. Some of us are scarred, tainted, and downright ugly in some places inside. But we can always remind ourselves with this. Because of these ugly things, I became the person I am today. To give you an example, I become a cookie monster when I'm hungry. I literally see red and nothing else. I become snappy with an attitude and quite often very dangerous to talk to. I'm kidding, but I do develop a short fuse. This is a mere simple example that I'm giving you. I'm pretty sure there are much uglier things that we have to accept. This is nothing compared to 
what people have to accept from themselves, but it's just to show you that there are parts that you can't change. Anyways, it's something my mom pointed out one day when we were kids. She said Jude becomes a little cookie monster when she's hungry and her sister develops a much sharper attitude than the one she already has when she gets sleepy. Both are triggers, my hunger and her sleepiness. It's not something I can change, but I just need to make sure that I always have something on hand to eat so I could avoid the whole transformation. I accept it and try to avoid it when possible. I was trying to create a cutout of the many topics we have yet to discuss about soul searching, but believe it or not, they are much more tangled than we think. I try to put understanding yourself under the microscope, but it's still connected to self-worth, the ability of decision making, and many more interconnected issues. The moral of the episode is, this is one of many steps you could take to feel lighter and feel more comfortable with yourself. As Aristotle put it in his own words, Knowing yourself is the beginning of all wisdoms. So remember, I'm not here to offer you solutions to your problems. I'm simply trying to tell you how I solve mine. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Jude Show. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Jude Show for updates on our latest episodes and discussions. Share and please send us your feedback on our DMs on Instagram, email account linked in this episode show notes, or on our Apple podcast account. I hope you have a wonderful day, evening, or whenever you're listening. Bye.